Hey everybody, this is Robert Yerby, and this is one interesting thing about insurance. I am an insurance professional. I've been in the business oof, long time, 24 years. Not that that's going to impress anybody. I know it's not. I'm that guy at the beach pointing out how all the umbrellas that are just loosely stood up in the sand could, I don't know, be caught in the wind and impale sweaty beachgoers and yeah, why didn't we bring a post hole digger or a mallet or something to secure this sucker? And everybody's thinking, well, what? Why did we bring you? Why did we bring you? I get it. I get it. But I don't want to talk about insurance. I don't want to talk about insurance right now. I want to talk about uh, a trip that I took. A trip that I took, uh, let's say, during the COVID summer of 2020, if you can remember that. I, um, like a lot of people, was stuck in the house for whatever, a few months while things were shut down, got a little stir crazy. And, uh, actually through, uh, this, this would be a longer story, but, uh, through an unfortunate series of events, I was actually homeless for a good chunk of that summer. Yeah. I got, uh, I broke up with my wife and didn't have a place to live. And it was a super hard time to find a place to live that particular summer. Had all my stuff in storage to, to try and shorten the story, I guess, I uh, I wanted to find a place within like the busing footprint of my youngest son uh, where he was going to be going to, to middle school and then high school. And so there were, there were very few places and I had very specific criteria. I had to wait for the place that I wanted. So I was homeless for like two months, which I had actually been homeless in 2016. I was living out of this brand new Chevy Camaro convertible, and it was the best summer of my life, by the way. If you can, oh boy, if you can imagine, like if you downsize from a house, let's say you had like a, a three-bedroom house and you downsize to a two-bedroom apartment, imagine all the chores that you shed when you move to the smaller place. Like it, it's amazing. I've, I've done that, and it's terrific. Imagine all of the chores that you shed when you move from a two-bedroom apartment to a Camaro convertible. Like, there's almost no chores every weekend. Like, you run it through the car wash, you, you wipe it down with Armor All, you do the windows, you're done. You know, half an hour, and then you're back to doing whatever you want. So, that 2016, that was a really awesome summer. I love being homeless. 2020 was a little tougher. It's a little tougher. I'm still at the Camaro, but like I said, COVID made it a little trickier. Well, I'm getting a little stir crazy and I'd been staying in Airbnbs and I decide with my kid and how old he would have been, uh, I don't know, let's say 13. I decide we're going to take a road trip, him and I. Also because People had kind of just shut down all of their vacation plans, and I felt like one of the places that I wanted to go was Yosemite, and there was always such a long wait. You had to be planning way in advance for that, and I was able to like just go to their website and book a room at this lodge in Yosemite, and so I thought, okay, well, that's awesome. Let's, let's do this in a couple other spots, too, so I, I'm kind of mapped out this 19-day road trip I was going to take with my son. And 
you know, the, the Camaro is, is not a good vehicle for a lot of the places that we were going, but also just to be in the car for 19 days. It's, it's, it's not the best vehicle. So I rented a, I think it was a Land Rover. So plenty of room for all of our stuff. Admittedly, probably more comfortable when you're putting on that many miles than, than the Camaro. So me and the kid, if I can remember all the places we went, uh, Yosemite wasn't first on the list. We, we went to the Grand Canyon, like, like starting in Phoenix. We went up to the Grand Canyon and we sort of had that, uh, Chevy Chase, uh, Anthony Michael Hall moment where we're just like, all right, yeah, look at that. All right, we're done. And then we backed away. Um, not for nothing, somebody falls into the Grand Canyon like every year and you got to watch for that. Okay. If, you, if you're taking selfies, don't back up towards the Grand Canyon, maintain your distance. Uh, people are falling into that every single year. It's crazy. Uh, so we, we looked at the, at the hole for a few minutes and then we, we went and got lunch and then we were on our way from there. I don't, I think maybe we went to Vegas next. I'm, I'm going to get these out of order, I'm sure. But we went to Las Vegas. Yeah, that definitely wasn't the next one. Let's, let's, let's say this. I think we went to Zion after that. And, and I've been through Zion when it's busy and it's, it's crazy. It is bananas how bad the traffic is going through Zion National Park. Summer 2020, nobody's in the pullouts. Like you, you wouldn't pass a car. You, you wouldn't really see people for, you know, 10 minutes at a time. It was, it was crazy and it was terrific. It was great. I mean, we, we went hiking for a little bit. My son then and now absolutely hates hiking, but good on him. I, I, I appreciated him, you know, getting out of the car and walking with me a little bit. Zion was great. We, we drove through the tunnel to Bryce Canyon Saw a little bit of that, drove back, and maybe then we went we went to Vegas and we we walked uh, up and down the strip. There's like nobody there, you know. None of the none of the homeless people on the bridge. There was you know none of the none of the people you know trying to you know give you the little nudie flyers. Uh, nobody asking you to take their picture as they're dressed like Mr. T and Michael Jackson. The place was a ghost town. Which was kind of nice also, again, because I've got my 13-year-old. I was able to show him the Las Vegas Strip without all the, all the really weird stuff, the, like the adult, you know, billboards driving up and down the Strip. And so he, he probably thinks, oh, Las Vegas this is a really wholesome place. Yeah, they have an M&M store. Oh, the Coca-Cola store. Yeah. yeah. Um, he'll be really surprised when he goes there when he's 21. He's like, oh, man, this is crazy. The debauchery. Nah. Anyway, we were there for a week. We were at a resort. It, it, that was fun. We then went to, uh, again, it might be out of order. I think we, then we went to uh, Death Valley. It was in late June, so it was scorching hot. The kid got out of the car one time to go to the bathroom, but he had no interest in hiking in Death Valley in June. Probably a wise choice. Uh, I felt like I wanted to get out and, and see it a little bit. They recorded parts of Return of the Jedi there. And I, I could kind of see from a little bit away, you know, where that spot was. Kind of cool. We we went to Valley of Fire National Park. 
not national park. That's a state park in Nevada. A lot of people probably never heard of that. It was, it was gorgeous. Also scorching hot. And then we went to Yosemite. Absolutely terrific. I, w- I would love to do that again. I think the people are back and filling it up. But at the time we were there, they weren't allowing campers. You, you had to have a reservation at one of the hotels in the, inside the park. So it was really, really limited on number of people. And then we went to uh, Sequoia National Park. I think that was our last spot. So big trees, again, more hiking. And the kid was totally over it by this point. I remember hiking through Sequoia and it got to be like 1.30 in the afternoon. We had like a 45 minute hike to some spot where there was a view of a canyon and we get to the top and he, and he just kind of threw his hands up and he was like, really dad? Like, this is all this, this is what we walked all that way for. There's mosquitoes in here. And I was like, yeah, okay. I could tell this was probably like day 17. Like I've pushed him to the limit at this point. Let's get out of here. And so we, we had rented this like little riverside cottage uh, or cabin. And there was, there was maybe, I don't know, 20 cabins in this little complex along this river. And so we, we decide it's, it's pretty hot as we're checking in. The lady can see like, we're probably just dripping sweat. She's like, Hey, you know what? I mean, feel free to take some of the towels that you'll find in the cabin, go down to the river. You can, you can sit in the river and the water's nice and cool. And I kind of look at the kid and he's like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So that's the first thing that we did when we get in. We, we walk down to the river and the water is rushing, but it's really shallow. So you could sit on the rocks and, you know, it would, if you were sitting on the rocks, like it would cover your lap. But if you were standing, I mean, it's, it's only like, you know, halfway up your shins, you know, it's just, it's really, really easy to get in there and cool off. So, so we did. And now I want you to, to picture I'm sitting close to the center of the river and I'm, I'm on the rocks and I'm waist deep and my son is sitting a little bit higher than me and he's closer to the shore by a few feet and he's sitting in water only up to his ankles the way that he's sitting on a rock. And we're talking, we're just kind of like reviewing what we've been doing over the course of the week. And my mother would always do this this thing at the end of a, of a trip or even the end of a, like a day, she's at dinner time, she'd be like, hey, what was your favorite thing? And so that, I think that's what we were talking about, me and my son, when I feel some seaweed wrap around my ankle, you know, it just kind of, went by me with the water and kind of got tangled around my ankle. And so I, I kind of lifted my leg up a little bit and I was going to reach to get the, this weed off of me and I grabbed it. And that's when I realized uh, it wasn't seaweed. It was a snake. This black snake was now uh, winding its way into my lap and its head came out of the water not even kidding you, out of the water and it opens its mouth and the water's rushing and so loud. I I couldn't hear if it made a noise, but it opens its mouth like it's going to kill me. And so uh, I I made a noise sort of like, "Ah!" like, like that. And I flicked it. 
I flicked, I flicked the snake like away from me into the river. And I mean, I launched it actually. This is probably, you know, six, eight feet in the air and it lands in the water. Now my, my son is watching this and he, he just scampers away. All right. He leaves me for dead in the river. <laughs> He's on shore and yeah, just heading back to the cabin. Uh, I, I get out, like, I'm absolutely done with the river at this point. I get out. There's this couple that's sitting on their little porch on their cabin. And from their vantage point, they couldn't have seen down into the river as to what was happening. But they undoubtedly, they, they heard a, a woman screaming and were concerned. So they, they got up out of their chairs and they started laughing as they saw that it was me coming out of the river and the guy, he made some smart ass comment. I don't know, uh, like my blood pressure was below like 300 at this point. Like I'm still like a little frantic. And I made some comment about like, you know, there's there there was a snake in the river, a snake on me and their their faces changed and they were like, oh, oh geez, oh, what did it look like? I was like, man, enormous black snake. And the fish story started, you know, it's like, Eight foot long black snake. Uh, anyway, we we tried to Google it. Uh, if I, see, I don't know snakes. I don't really know animals, really of any kind. I'm sure it was probably a harmless snake, but it was one of the most frightening things I've ever been through. And and that was the that was the end of our time in the river. That was our last real stop. Uh, in national parks, the very next day, we checked into a nice hotel in Palm Springs and we sat by the pool and said that we were never getting in any rivers ever again. Okay, so back to the Land Rover. I mentioned quickly that we had rented a car. And on all these places that we went, uh, other than the resort in Palm Springs, a lot of these places were at the end of dirt roads. And uh, it occurs to me that that could be problematic for some people without you even realizing it. And I've, I've rented a lot of cars uh, for, for work over the years. Uh, I've rented a fair number of cars on vacation. And when you get to the rental counter and they ask you that question, and they, they always ask you, do you need any of our coverages today? What do you say? See, I decline those coverages. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting nobody should ever buy those or, or you know, everybody's an idiot for if they buy them. That's not where I'm going with this. But I personally don't get their coverage. And of all those cars that I've rented, I'm going to say I, I was probably renting cars decades before I ever read the rental agreement. You know, they, they give you the pack with the keys and there's a lot of pages and there's a lot of words in there. And I, I never read them. I just take the keys and I want to get on with my vacation or my business trip or whatever it is. And I think a lot of people are like that. If I, if I pulled everybody who's rented a car in the last year, how many of you have read through the rental agreement? I mean, if it was 1%, I'd be shocked, you know, well, 
there's a lot of important things in those rental agreements, and, and one of them has to do with dirt roads. Uh, I, I happen to have in front of me a sample rental agreement. It, it doesn't matter what company it's from, but it's from a big-name company, and they all they all read really similarly. But there's a, a, a point in this rental agreement I want to read to you. This, by the way, it's in bold and all caps, and it says prohibited use of the car goes on to say, a violation of this paragraph will automatically terminate your rental car and is an exclusion to and voids all liability protection and any optional products, services that you have accepted, including but not limited to additional liability insurance, personal accident insurance, personal effects protection, extended roadside assistance, and loss damage waiver or partial damage waiver. So it's going to list all of these things that will be a violation. And if you do any of these things, all of that protection that you may have purchased from them, it's void. And and if you're relying on that protection, that seems like a pretty big thing. Yeah, that seems like a pretty big thing. Now, if it if I do one of these things and it terminates my rental, like what are they gonna do? Come and pick up the car, or just like seize it from me and leave me at the side of the road? I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm not worried so much about that, but the fact that it's going to void my insurance that I have voluntarily purchased from them, I'm going to take notice of that because if I bring the car back and it's damaged or uh, I was liable for an accident or my stuff got stolen, I mean, there's there's a bunch of different products here that's going to be void. That's probably something that I want to know. So what is this list of things that are going to be a violation and void all of my coverage? I'm going to just read from the same sample rental agreement and I'm going to, I'm going to maybe skip around a little bit. You don't need to, you need to know every everything that's in here. I just want to hit the highlights. Number 1, to be operated in a test, race or contest or on unpaved roads. Well, that was a 19-day road trip that I took with the kid. We were on many many unpaved roads. To get to Yosemite, we're probably on an unpaved road for, uh, now, well, I should also say we got lost, but we're probably on an unpaved road for 20 minutes. And a number of these other places, they were at the end of unpaved roads. If you're going to the lake, if you're going on a picnic, you're going on a hike, all of these great places that people go on vacation in their rental cars, they're at the end of an unpaved road. So the way that this reads It doesn't say that while you're on the unpaved road, your coverage is void. It says if you operate the vehicle on an unpaved road, that has voided the coverage from that point forward, I suppose. That's huge. That's huge. Frankly, when I'm working, a lot of my customers are in the state of Montana. Um, I mean, a third of the state of Montana is an unpaved road. All right, I have, I have customers that live at the end of unpaved roads. I have, um, you know, I, I work with lenders. Uh, there are credit unions that are at the end of an unpaved road. So that's a huge deal. Again, skipping around the list here, operating the car recklessly or while overloaded. Well, recklessly, I mean, that could be subjective, though there are state laws that deem if you're operating the car at a speed so much above the speed limit, that is by law reckless. 
A lot of times that's 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. But still, I mean, could be subject to the discretion of the, the officer that might cite you. When it says overloaded, uh, frankly, I've done this multiple times. Uh, overloaded is if you've got more people in there than you have seatbelts. And I'm going to say at least a handful of times I've been to an insurance conference and nobody wants to drive wherever it is that we're going. So whoever has the biggest car, everybody just crams in there. People are on each other's laps. We got five people in that back seat of the Suburban. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that that's happened, though. I, I guess I'm not totally sure I was the driver at the time. How about this? <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'm skipping way down. You leave the car and fail to remove the keys or close and lock all the doors, close all the windows and the trunk, and the car is stolen or vandalized. Well, that's never actually happened to me where it's been vandalized, but if I rent a, a convertible on vacation... I'm not putting the top up every time I jump out to, you know, get a Slurpee or, I don't know. I, I, I'm i just saying, I, I've left the top down a lot. I've left the windows down kind of a lot, too. I, I'm, I'm that guy. I, I take all of my stuff with me, or, or I don't leave anything in the car that's valuable, but, yeah, sometimes I leave the windows open. That's going to void your coverage? It, it is if the, the car gets stolen or vandalized. Hmm. All right. Now about this one. You return the car after hours and the car is damaged, stolen, or vandalized. Hmm. Well, here again, a lot of the places where I go on vacation and actually some of the places where I work, they're small airports. And these small airports, the, the, the flight home is going to be early in the morning so that you can connect in Denver or Chicago or Atlanta wherever you got to go to get back back home, all right? You return the car after hours and the car is damaged, stolen, or vandalized. So let's say I have to return the car at 5 in the morning to catch my 6.15 a.m. flight. I park the car in the rental car return lot because, again, bear in mind, I'm not returning this at O'Hare where they've got long lines at the at the at the Hertz return place and the the guy's got the thing on his hip and he's checking the mileage and he's checking you back in. That's not what we're talking about. I'm talking the little airport. You just park it back in their lot, you return the keys in the little lockbox at their counter, and there's nobody there, but the airport's open and I gotta catch my flight. That is after hours to them. Now by the way, I'm not upset that they don't have anybody at the counter. I don't need them to have anybody at the counter. Nobody's flying in at five in the morning to rent a car. So let them sleep in. I'm, I'm great with that. You guys show up whenever the first flight is supposed to land. You do that. But if they're saying that I return the car after hours and then it gets damaged, stolen, or vandalized from their lot, and then that's my fault, and all of my insurance that I purchased from them is void... I don't like that. And and I, I know of two people personally that have been dinged on this uh, for significant amounts of money. I have an issue when you tell me exactly where to park the car, okay, 
it's, and I don't mean to pick on Hertz. I mean, every, everybody's got something like this in their rental agreement. They all have their little signs up in their parking lot. Park it right here. I park it in your spot. I feel like it's your responsibility at that point. It's on your lot. You have, you obviously have cameras up there. They, they must have cameras monitoring their millions of dollars worth of inventory in rental cars. I, I couldn't believe for a second that they don't have cameras up. So if something is stolen, vandalized, or damaged, it's on camera. I parked it in your lot. You go find whoever it is that stole the car or vandalized the car or whatever. I cannot stress enough. I, I just think that's completely unfair. So again, just, just to reiterate, you buy the lost damage waiver from the car rental company and you you take good care of the car, nothing happens to it. You return the car while they're at home sleeping in their warm little beds. Something, something happens to the vehicle. Somebody drives by and runs into the back end. It gets damaged. And then they show up at 8.30 in the morning. They look at the car. They see it's damaged and they say, that's your fault. And by the way, we don't care that you bought the lost damage waiver. It's void. <laughs> you owe us the money for the damage on the car. That's bananas. That That is absolutely insane. Go look on the video. Find out who ran into it. Go after them. Or at the very least, hey, I bought the lost damage waiver. Honor that. Now, the way that this is written, that's not how that goes. And it's too bad that, um, you know, we're not reading these agreements. I mean, that, that'll be the comeback, right? They'll say, well, we, we gave you the rental agreement. It's your responsibility to read it. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I agree with that to a point. We should be reading these, but everybody knows that we're not. Uh, there's no opportunity for us to read this and then negotiate with the enterprise guy about the language. You know, can we scratch this? If we scratch this from the rental agreement, then I'll buy the lost damage waiver. You can't do that. It's contract of adhesion. You, you take it as is, or you don't take it at all. All right. I, I think this is just grossly unfair. And and the lost damage waiver is is not insurance. Okay. Maybe this will be the one interesting thing about insurance. A lost damage waiver from the rental company is, an, is not insurance. It is not a product filed and approved with the uh, state insurance department. There are no insurance experts in that office reading through these forms to make sure that they conform to certain consumer uh, protections. No. These are written by the rental agency attorneys to benefit them, and it seems to me just skewed absolutely in their favor in regards to these, these in, well, not insurance products, these protection products being null and void if you do any of these I mean, very normal things that can happen to consumers. I don't like it. That's why I don't take it. I could go into the benefits of the rental agency agreements, uh, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm just going to leave my my comments right there. I, I, I stopped short of ranting, but clearly I, I'm not a fan. I don't buy them. I, I protect my rental cars in a different way. 
So when they ask you, the next time you run up to the rental counter and you're excited to get going on your vacation, the kids are tugging at you. Daddy, daddy, where are we going to go for lunch? Hmm? They ask you, do you need any of our, uh, any of our uh, protections today? Maybe think it through before you get to the counter. Okay. Hey, if you like that story, um, I tell that in, we have insurance continuing education classes at bmfce.com. If you need continuing ed, check out the schedule there. And hey, subscribe to the podcast, like it, tell your friends, and uh, I'll be back for another episode soon. Thanks.